Well, welcome, friends, to the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast, where normal, everyday disciples open up the Bible and discuss. We don't claim to be theologians here, but no one ever said you had to be to read and interpret and apply the Word of God to your life. So thanks so much for joining us today, and here's your host. Well, happy Wednesday, January 26th. Um, good morning if you're listening to this morning. Good afternoon if it's you know your lunch break or good evening if you're about uh, to go to sleep. Hopefully, uh, either the Lord will bless you today or you felt blessed by the Lord um, as you went through the day. Uh, on Wednesdays, we like to have our guests share a little bit about their connection with Victory Point, kind of what brought them here, what they're doing here. So, um, Scott, can you just fill us in a little bit about what Victory Point is to your family and vice versa? Yeah, for sure. Tara and I got married the end of 2003. And at the time, she um, was born and raised in Harlem Church on the north side of town here. And so that's where we started going. And um, and after a couple years, we kind of were ready to maybe find a home church that was um, just for us. And, you know, a lot of her family yeah. was at Harlem, which we which we love. And we were both at a point where we thought, you know, kind of looking around a little bit and um, and closer to home and, and closer to home because we were living um, right over on that side of town um, or on this side of town, excuse me. Um, and Tara knew Matt from her days at youth ministry okay. um, and Matt was a youth pastor, obviously, on the north side before um, starting at Victory Point. And so we had that connection. But really, we um, went down to Guatemala on a mission trip with Harlem um, and it was all Harlem people. Tara and I were two of the leaders that went with um, a couple of the families and some some youth group kids. And um, there was a guy that we met in the airport and waiting for our flight to head to Guatemala that was going down to Guatemala with us. He was by himself. He wasn't really with another church. And um, and he had done some work with the mission team down there previously. Well, that guy turned out to be Chad Vanderholst, okay. who then was at Victory Point for um, a number of years. And um, and so once we started looking and um, Chad had started here and that was a connection. And um, so through that connection with Chad and, and knowing Matt and um, we started coming and um, quickly just fell in love with the people, um, had been in a number of small groups here, life groups, and um, as well as, you know, missional communities and um so yeah that's that's kind of how we've been involved now and it's been about 16 years since okay. we've made victory point our home church so yeah cool doesn't, it doesn't seem like that long but doesn't seem like that long. Years yeah. well, yep. oh. we're coming up on our, our five-year anniversary because it was about this time january five years ago that we started so okay. yeah it doesn't seem like five years like very long ago either but. yeah well i i'm going to throw a curveball at you, an additional follow-up question, yeah. and in light of kind of what we'll be reading today. Um, so you talked about how, you know, what you guys do here, Victor Point, what brought you here, but where have you seen God moving through this church body? Where have you seen his work being done as a result of the Victory Point family church body? I mean, certainly the missional communities and how yeah. outwardly focused those are. Um, and, you know, the experiences that we've had uh, with our missional communities and mm-hmm. um, the way they have strived through um, Matt's leadership and the elders leadership to, to try to be Jesus in, in the areas around us. And, um, and that's, that's one for me for sure. 
Yeah, um, I would agree with that. You know, just the, the emphasis and the effort that goes into, um, you know, that this is the place that we meet. Um, mm-hmm. But throughout the week is really uh, when you we need to be disciples yeah. um, in our communities. So I love, I just, I think that Victory Point puts an emphasis on that and as, as a lot of churches, but I think um, they just do a really good job of that and, yeah. and, and make that super important. Yeah. Well, good. Well, thank you for that, you know, added question because um, our passage today, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 12, 31, um, is all about the body, the body of Christ um, and how we're part of that. And it's a very familiar passage to people who've maybe grown up in the church. Um, and so... Um, Tara, if you wouldn't mind reading that, we'll then dig into it and see what we can pull out of it for today. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell something? But our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. While the most honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members, so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First are apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers, then those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. Thank you. Scott, what what, uh, did you pull out of that? Or what did the Spirit say to you Um, first time you here? Well, as you mentioned previously, it is somewhat of a familiar passage to, to many of us. But I think um, obviously a big emphasis is that we all play a role in the kingdom. We all have a part and um, God didn't make mistakes on the skills he gave to you mm-hmm. and that he put in you. Um, I think and I think that second part is really important. It's not saying um you know, you're, you don't need to be a teacher. You don't need to be um, a prophet. Um, but that doesn't mean you should be complacent and just be satisfied with mm-hmm. what you are. I think there is a, a push that you should strive to find your spiritual gift, whatever mm-hmm. that is, and then make the most of that um, for the kingdom. Um, you, you know, you don't have to be 
in leadership, like it says, you don't have to be have a gift of healing, but but whatever your specific gift is, really try to focus that and and use that to the best of your abilities. So mm -hmm. I think that was a, a something a, a different way that I haven't always looked at that okay. um, passage before. So yeah. um, that part of it. Um, Jeremy, how, how about I, you? I think for me, just uh, what I was kind of like honing in on was verse twenty two. Um, in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary, mm. you know, and I don't, I don't, um, those are sort of, you know, my question marks around that. What does that mean? Um, and I guess I would sort of interpret as, um, you know, we, we are wired, we are created to serve. Mm. Right. And so, if there's parts of the body that are weak, um, it's necessary because we all um, can serve Jesus and love Jesus by helping those maybe that are, and I don't know if maybe I'm misunderstanding this first, but um, the, the weak, um, but maybe it's just saying, you know, like what parts that are the weakest, what does that even mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, who is weak um, and how can we help the weak? Um, because they think it's necessary that that we fulfill um, God's instructions, you know, to love one another and to serve one another. Um, and so, I don't know. I guess for me, that was just sort of standing out. Yeah. Um, is you know, is it highlighting how it, how important it is to to care and love one another? Yeah. Because if we were all if we all had the same gifts that that someone might view as being really important or a higher uh, prior, I don't know, priority. Yeah. Um, I don't know, just, uh, just kind of revolving around that, I guess. Yeah. Um, and just like it says, if, if one part suffers, all parts suffer. If yeah. one part is yeah. honored, all parts are honored or all parts are glad. Yeah. And if it's a little literal trans translation of being weak, um, I, for me in my own life, I feel like I'm serving God the most when I am helping the weak. Or, serve, okay. or, or helping in a way that I feel like, you know, could improve someone's life. Um, and so yeah. that's what we're created for. That's what we're, so we need that. Yeah. We, um, but maybe I'm interpreting it too yeah. literally. Well, uh, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like maybe, yeah. Maybe out of all of these gifts, the apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, some are viewed as least important. Yeah. You know, if there's a hierarchy of those. Um, but, you know, those who can help others. Um, if I had to say one of my gifts, I, that's me. I love to help others. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely, you know, I, I don't, I can't interpret other languages. Right. Um, and you know, the gift of healing probably isn't, isn't mine. Yeah. Um, but you know, I can help others. Yeah. Maybe that's a weaker gift. I don't yeah. know. Well, uh, I, just something to, to just kind of wrap your mind around yeah. um, that whole familiar passage yeah. of we all have a role to play right. in and the body. And when I read it, um, and, and I love how you interpret it because I think there isn't, we do have to look for those who are weak that we can support and help. Um, my, my version says, it starts out that I cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the I don't need you. Um, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are, are indispensable. They, they can't say that to those parts. So it says to me, there's not really a hierarchy. Now, someone who has the gift of preaching could <laughs> say i'm more important than you mm -hmm. i'm a strong gift you're a weak one i'm mm -hmm. strong by part mm -hmm. but I, I don't see that here and, and mm -hmm. um because it's telling those people not to right um what kind of struck me this time more so than than others is just 
um, it's, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. Um, I think there is a a tendency to um, put on a pedestal the the pastors, the worship leaders, you know, those ones who are up front. And for someone who's not a pastor, not a worship leader, not an elder, um, not a Sunday school teacher, it's kind of like, you know, I just don't really count that much here. What do I have to give? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, and yeah, I can, yeah, maybe God has given me gifts, but I'm not like Matt. I mean, I'm Mm -hmm. I'm not like Dwight. Um, And you don't have to be. Right. And that's not what, and it's not that Matt is, and I think sometimes it's, you know, maybe to the detriment that we put them on a a pedestal of Mm -hmm. sorts, but um, I I think one thing I appreciate about Matt is he wouldn't want to be on a pedestal. But anyways, (laughs) um, but it also, so it allows, it gives encouragement to those who maybe think they aren't as gifted to say, no, you do have an important role. Mm -hmm. Um, You are indispensable. Mm -hmm. But it also implies to me that you need to be a part of the body. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you don't have to be the, the pastor or whatever, but you can't just do nothing. Yeah. Right. You, you have to have something. God whatever. created one you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he gave each of us a gift. Yeah. And so it's tapping into that and trying to figure that out. Yeah. And I think, you know, the church has been doing that for a long time with, you know, spiritual assessments mm-hmm. and, you know, what yeah. are, what are your spiritual gifts? And um, so I think that is recognized. And I think that does mm-hmm. put value um, you know, for sure on, um, you know, the people that might feel like they don't have anything, but they do. (laughs) God didn't make a mistake. You have a very important gift to offer. Yeah. And it's important that you use it. Right. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think just like you were saying, Steve, the, the way we put certain positions on pedestals, um, we had talked previously and I, I know I've heard Matt say this before thinking about going out and making disciples and, um, there's a tendency to feel like the person who's with that new disciple or mm-hmm. is with the person when they give their life to Christ, mm-hmm. if you're with them in that moment and you're walking them through that, the tendency is to think you are more important than the person three years ago that said, Hey, why don't you come to church with us? Right. And that started the process or, you know, maybe it's something as simple as just, being Christ-like in the workplace and someone just sees the way you live and sees the way you interact with people. And, um, you know, there's so many different steps along the way to someone becoming or coming into a relationship with Christ. And, you know, it's kind of the same thing where we, that moment that it happens, you know, all these other things had to happen to lead to that point. Because typically that's not um, how it's going to go. You have one, one come to Jesus moment. Usually, you know, there's the backfill Mm -hmm. of, well, actually, you know, 20 years ago, yeah. so this person was investing yeah. in me and, you know, then this happened, then this happened and we all have a role to play yeah. and it's all and God put being you in o- those obedient, places. right. Mm-hmm. And saying yes in those moments, yeah. you might not have, you know, that, that, um, you know, crossing the finish line with that person moment. Um, right. and, uh, but you were certainly mm-hmm. important in God's plan in that yeah. person's life. Yeah. And a kind of a related note, well, personally, we, I work with middle school kids and um, we go through eighth grade. So we always have an eighth grade uh, graduation ceremony and we, we want all of the teachers, the kindergarten, all through eighth grade. So yes, it's kind of the end of the eighth grade year, but those eighth graders didn't get there without the seventh grade teachers, exactly. the sixth grade teachers, mm-hmm. the kindergarten teachers. And, yes. and, you know, bless the kindergarten teachers. I could yes. never do that. But, Correct. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, That's a good analogy. yeah. So just yeah, I, if 
when um, Friday, on Friday, we'll talk about Mark, and there's a, a section of that that speaks to that. Your job is to spread the seed and and not to worry about how it grows. Mm -hmm. and I'm paraphrasing yes, so, poorly, but no, we'll get to no, that on Friday. Yeah, yep. um, and so, yeah. Well, I I love the conversation when we before we start to record. It's like this is a familiar passage. What are we going to dig from it? But I think we've had a really good uh, yeah. conversation here about it. So, and I think also um, provides up possible or maybe an important challenge for our listeners. Um, so listeners, if you are not part of a body, you need to go find one to join. Mm -hmm. um, there's no such thing as being a Lone Ranger Christian. Mm -hmm. right? You have to be a part of a body. Um, and if you don't know what your body part are, uh, your, what body part you are, go and find out. Ask for help. There's, you know, you talk about spiritual gift inventories. Um, here at Victory Point, a couple years ago, we did something called the Fivefold Ministries. But um, talk to, to Matt. Um, you go online, Google Spiritual. Mm -hmm. There's ways for you to fill out, uh, figure out what body part you are. Um, and if you already know what body you're part of and you know um, what body part you are, but you're just not working, you're not doing what you've been called to do, then you need to start doing that. Um, because that's what God has made you to do. So um, that's, a, I think, a good challenge for all of us to remember to do that. So as you go throughout your day, may the Lord bless you and may he strengthen you um, for the job that he's made you to be, uh, made you to do. And may you be a part of a body that brings Jesus to people each and every day. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for joining us today for the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast. We hope that today's conversation was helpful for you and encourages you in your daily walk with God. If you have any questions or thoughts to share with us, please email us at info at victorypoint.org. We would love to hear from you.